and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to our friend Keith Smith coming up here momentarily. Uh, Keith uh, does a lot of stuff, uh, Real GM, Yahoo Sports, uh, amongst other things. Uh, Always good to uh, chat with Keith, so we'll get to him coming up here momentarily. Uh, Eager to get his thoughts on the big James Harden trade today, Gordon. Of course, the biggest news across the sports landscape today. Uh, Harden's on the move, going to team up with KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn, if Kyrie ever returns to the team, of course. So you brought this up earlier in the show, and that is how will those guys be able to play together on the court and that's you know the other stuff the off the court stuff is is a different question but we're all eager to find out how how good uh, a team this can be or or what a disaster it might be all right let's jump out to the zone phone joining us now we always uh, look forward to it when he has a moment to uh, makes it happen on the nba front office show podcast you can follow him on twitter at keith smith nba he's our friend keith smith what's up keith Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. No, thanks for uh, being back with us. How's the new year treating you? Uh, pretty good so far. You know, we're we're uh, you know we're doing well, and team uh, teams are making moves already in this season. So who who doesn't love big trades, right? So if you were buying stock with the Nets, uh, would you buy right? Or if you were in that business, would you buy stock in them, or would you sell based on what you've learned today? Uh, it depends on what we're talking as the top out point. Um, if we're saying it has to be a title or bust, I don't know that I would buy. Um, but if we're talking, you know, make a real run at the finals, absolutely. I think they're going to be uh, right in the mix uh, for that. And I think, you know, now what you have is they'll probably play, assuming Kyrie Irving gets back and then everybody, you know, stays healthy, then that's will probably rarely play a minute without a guy on the court of Durant, Harden, or Irving that can create his own shot almost whenever he wants. I don't know how they're going to defend or stop anybody, but other than that, you know, I think we'll see them uh, you know, do what they can to get stops or do what they can to put up plenty of points is what I meant to say. What did you think about what the Nets gave up, Keith? They didn't uh, necessarily give up a, a superstar, but they gave up some nice role players and pretty much mortgaged the future when it comes to picks. Yeah, absolutely. So they gave up a significant amount of their depth in this trade. Karis LeVert, who, if he had stayed coming off the bench, was probably going to be in the running for sixth man of the year. Uh, Jared Allen, who had recently moved into the starting five. So that's going to be, uh, you know, an interesting uh, look for them. And then I think, um, you know, giving up all those picks, that is, you know, in the short term, that's fine. You know, James Harden certainly worth all those picks. Those don't matter. But as we learned with the Nets, once you start going out, three, four, five years, that's a lifetime in the NBA. You know, we could see teams be completely different um, from what they are now. I'd be surprised if by the time those picks are done conveying, if any of the guys who are currently on the Nets are still on that team, and that's where it starts to get a little scary. 
So, Keith, I'd like to get a little more specific about the the way you break down your evaluation of the Nets now, because there is some redundancy here. Obviously, Kyrie likes to do what he likes to do, and James likes to do those same things. And then KD, well, they all like to shoot the ball. So how do you think that will be? What will the distribution of the ball be like, and how willing do you think those guys will be to share? Yeah, the guy I'm least worried about is Kevin Durant. He played in that Warriors system where it was a lot of movement. Um, he's fine off the ball. He knows he's going to get his his touches, and he knows how it can work. Harden's the guy I'm probably most worried about because he's somebody who is used to having the ball in his hands just about every single trip, and when he gives it up is you know when he needs a little bit of rest. And then Kyrie falls kind of somewhere in the middle. I think your worry, though, is when Durant has the ball, neither Harden or Irving are all that great off-ball players. Uh, neither one is a you know real tremendous spot-up shooter. Neither one has done well, um, you know, as a guy who comes off screens and the like. Those aren't things that they really do. So I think it's going to be really, um, you know, something to watch there. I think what you'll see though is you'll probably see them. Not probably. They, you know, they're going to start, and then you know they'll finish. It's those kind of in between, let's say, 40 minutes of the game. That's where I think you'll see me, Steve Nash kind of split them up and make sure that he's playing, you know, always with at least one of them on the court. That way, that, that during those times, that guy's kind of running everything and getting everything uh, running through him with the ball in his hands. Steve, speaking of Steve Nash, as a first-year head coach, I don't know if this is a, an ideal spot for somebody in that position. What do you think? Yeah, it's really tough because you're going to have to have some – some difficult conversations and then especially with you know they've got to add some depth but the challenge comes with the depth pieces sure you can go there and chase a title but you but guys also want to be a part of it they don't want to just sign on and and sit the bench and you know run with these guys they, they need to you know get um you know get get there they, they need to you'll know, be able to have some minutes so that's going to be a little bit of a question the really only depth concerns though are up front they've got plenty of guards they've got plenty of wings it's you know deandre jordan what do they have behind him i just put on twitter they should probably be making a call to dwayne deadman think he would make a lot of sense for them all that really does is add to their already pretty big luxury tax bill so why not you know go there so i think what what you're going to see um you know with them is that they'll, they'll be fine you know they're, they're going to play pretty well the question is just going to be do the three stars all fit well together at the end of the games first time they're in a close game with let's say five minutes and under to go everybody's going to be watching to see how that ball moves and who is getting those shots so what do you see in Houston's present, and what do you see for its future? Yeah, I think the immediate present will be they'll bring in Victor Oladipo once they can get him on the court with their guys and see what they are. They'll, they'll see, can they still make a run at the playoffs with, with the group that they have? It doesn't look too bad. Clearly, James Harden wasn't happy there, and I think that was affecting the entire team. Um, if things start to look around the trade deadline, which is still you know two-plus, almost two-and-a-half months away, Still, if things are still not looking great then, then what you'll see, I think, is the Rockets will look to uh, probably move Victor Oladipo, move P.J. Tucker. They'll start to, you know, start to rebuild around younger guys and add to that uh, draft picks that they're kind of piling up now um, as they start to really kind of rebuild that entire team. So that that's their long term, and then after the season, they can now get to over 22 million in cap space. The question is then under Tillman Fertitta. Do they really want to spend it or not? You know, where where do they want to go? You know, that that'll be the question. You know, all the way up until it comes time to put that roster together for next year. Keith, give us your thoughts on the Jazz seven and four start. 
Um, I think they get off to the slow start, which is what about the. 20th straight year, it feels like, for a little bit of a slow start for them. Um, I think the reason for that has been, and I've posited this several times, is um, do they, is it because they run some of the more complex stuff system-wise? So I think it just takes a little while for that engine to get humming, um, for everybody to be going. So I'm not surprised that they get off to a slow start. I think now they're starting to round into form. I do wonder if they need to kind of figure something out in that kind of O'Neill, Bogdanovich, Ingles trio there of that. None of those guys are really a true four, but, you know, they're kind of getting by with it. But I think they're going to be fine. They've got a lot more offense creation with Bogdanovich back now. I know he's had some struggles, but if they can get him going, I think the best is yet to come for that team. And I think you're going to see them be, as we get deeper into the season, they'll be a team that will continue to get better and play better as long as they stay healthy. The Jazz have been really strong on the boards, Keith. Uh, how valuable is that in the modern NBA? Huge, because you got to finish possessions. It's the old thing that coaches tell you all the time. Your, your defensive possession doesn't stop till you have the ball. So you can force all the misses you want. If you can't rebound the ball, it doesn't really matter because that's just going to give the other team more cracks at it. Their, their shooting percentage will be lower, but, you know, it doesn't, you know, as long as they're getting those second and third chance opportunities, and, and that's huge. So their ability to really kind of clean things up is big because I think they're a good um, – uh, they're not going to be a team that I don't think is going to ever be up pressing and trapping and forcing a ton of turnovers. That's not their style, but they play really good positional defense. They cover really well for each other. A lot of that comes because you got you know the preeminent rim protector in the league back there in Rudy Gobert. So I think that's really important. But I think what is good for them is they know when you get a stop, we're probably going to rebound it. We're going the other way, and that is you know a huge comfort to the coach as well as to the players. Are you a believer in the Suns, Keith? I am. Um, the reason why I believe in the Suns is if you look at what they've done to this point, they've played really well, and a lot of it's been guys who are not Devin Booker playing well. Mikael Bridges has stepped up. Cam Johnson has stepped up. A couple of their guys off the bench are playing pretty well. And that is important because as those guys inevitably will probably regress just a little bit, then what you'll start to see happen with them is you'll start to see that turn into Devin Booker starting to play better to his kind of now expected level. He's only just recently started to kind of get get going here. So I think think everything with the Suns, I look forward when it's early and a team's playing really well, is it sustainable? And I think as some of those younger guys slide back a little, Booker, Chris Paul, they slide up a little bit, a little bit and that keeps the Suns sustainable. Uh, discussion we were having earlier, Keith, uh, as it pertains to what's going on with the Nets, it also applies to the Jazz as far in a different way. But I'm curious to know from you, how important is team chemistry, both attitudinally, you know, do you like each other and just being willing to play well together? Yeah, I think it's I think the chemistry part as far as being able to get by any of the other stuff and be together on the court, that really does matter. Because if you if you you can tell, especially when you see these teams in person or you watch them a lot, if they are not getting along, you can really tell kind of easily which teams you know, don't like each other. It's kind of easy to see that with the Rockets that there was some stuff going on. I don't think these guys need to be best friends. I don't think they need to be in a position where it is, you know, hey, we're all hanging out off the court, especially this year. We probably really don't want that. 
Um, but, but, you know, we, they don't all need to be in love with each other and, you know, doing all sorts of things off the court. But as long as they're good when they're on the court, it matters a ton because you want those guys to be together and um, able to function as a unit. Keith, thank you very much as always. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you. all stay safe and hope you guys, I know I'm a little late on it, but a happy new year to you and yours. Yeah, back at you, Keith. Thank you very much. Uh, That's our friend Keith Smith. Follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. Uh, At Keith Smith NBA. And uh, he's doing a podcast now. Uh, Make sure and check that out as well. The NBA Front Office Show podcast. Um, Back to the Rockets for a second, Gordon. I go back to that uh, piece we talked about that Howard wrote about James Harden and uh, some um, you know, general managers out there, or some front office people, I should say, doubted, uh, you know, doubt whether or not he's going to adjust his game a la Ray Allen when he went to the Celtics. That That's going to be the number one thing I'm keeping my eye on. That guy. What What is his attitude and what's his game like with Brooklyn? Because he's going to their team, right? Whereas, you know, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook and John Wall have all come to his team and have had to adjust to him. Remember the mantra, you know, anything James wants that Houston had? Well, he's going to someone else's team. So is that going to force him to adjust his behavior? Or not behavior, that's such a strong word. Adjust his game, right? Adjust how he plays. So let me me, uh, further that discussion with a question. When Reggie Jackson went to the uh, Yankees way back, way back in the day, and I don't expect you guys to remember every detail of that, but he said he was the straw that stirred the drink when he arrived. Who is the straw that stirs the nuts drink? It should be KD. Well, actually, what, what's your definition behind that? What, what do you mean the straw? That who stirs has the, drink? the most, I guess, who has the most truck? Who has... Who has the most authority? Who has the, who's the guy that everybody else will listen to when he speaks? It should be KD, but I don't know if the other two buy into that. That's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. Well, the it? other the other problem is is KD isn't the one who handles the ball. The other two are the ones that uh, that supposedly will handle the ball. So it, it makes it a little bit more more difficult because KD doesn't necessarily overlap with the other two, other than shots attempted, which I think will be an issue. But do the other two work well together? And I wasn't there wasn't that part of the problem for Kyrie when he was playing with LeBron, that he he wanted to be the yes. man. Yeah, it was the problem. Yes, it was a problem with Boston too, because all of a sudden these young players are getting his love, you know, and getting his yeah. attention and his shots and all that. And remember when he basically uh, cut them out of the loop in that playoff run. Remember that, where Kyrie yeah. just said, screw it, and said, I'm going to do my thing, even though it's not necessarily what's best for the team? Hmm. Oh, well, I yeah. so we're going to see how it turns out. But, again, this this is intriguing. I hope it doesn't turn into a soap opera, though. You know, I, I, I'd like to see – I don't. I'm not a fan. I'm not rooting one way or the other. But I'm telling you, I would like to see these guys come together and say, "Let's build something that's bigger than just you and me." Oh, I'm not hoping that for that at all. I want it to be a mess. Are you kidding? How boring? Yeah, how boring is that? Well, what do you mean? That would that would be an example to the world. Another today. super team won another championship. Well, I mean, an yeah, example but we know, to the we, world. Hold on what here. are you talking about? We, we we know what the we know what the, the 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 history is with these players. So can they come together and form a bond? I think that would be beneficial to see that happen. 
Beneficial to who? Who are you, Adam Silver? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't care <laughs> about beneficial. I want to. I want to see fireworks, man. Well, what's the difference between you and me? I'm willing to point out when uh, there's criticism that's due, but I, I would like to see these enormous egos come together and try and build something together instead of just by each of them doing it himself. I want to hear nothing but this. Yeah, yeah, me too, because we're humans and willing to actually admit that, uh, that we want to watch the soap opera of sport. We want the drama. You guys are, you guys are hateful no, you, you are full of it, kumbaya. I'd like to see them all come together and pull in the same direction and I'd like to see them go out to dinner and meditate together. And, oh, boy, won't it be nice? Heck no. I, They're I want not to allowed see... to go out to eat dinner. I mean, they have to stay in their hotel room and eat by themselves on plastic plates and forks and knives. I want to see like New York. Uh, what's the? Is it Daily News or Post? That's basically the tabloid. Is Daily? I thought it was Daily News. The Post. Uh, well, no, according the Post. to yeah, uh, whatever. Depends. I, I want to see like stories about. Uh, uh, about how much they hate each other and the behind-the-scenes look of it all. <laughs> I want them fighting over their pregame outfits. Right, yeah. That's okay, but well, let me back up here. And I, I, all our listeners, please uh, just just hang with us here for a second. But I want you guys to lay down on your couch and just put your feet up for a minute. And I want to know why this is what you're craving to see, as opposed to seeing the alternative of what I suggested. What is it about your lives that makes you want to see a mess and a misery situation? Well, it has nothing to do with our lives. What are you talking well, about? We want to be entertained. It does. I'll answer well, it in both ways. And, 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 that's inter- and that's entertaining? Yes. Yes. Very much. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it be more entertaining to see guys who come from these diverse situations come together and, and put their own egos aside to help one another? No. No, it's the same reason why I don't want to see another Indiana Jones movie. It's been done. I've seen this play out. A great, uh, the most talented team in the league wins several championships. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Yeah. But also, yawn. That's it, that's, that's, that's my, why we love in my basketball. It's to see beautiful ball played. No, uh-uh. no, it's not. In my personal life, what's wrong in my personal life? I get paid what I get paid to do what I do, and they get paid to do what they do. <laughs> I love and how, then well, they you'll be the, the, the good thing about that Austin, all over is the place. You'll be miserable for a long, long time. Don't you? If that's the way thanks, Dad. Don't you love it when Gordon gaslights <laughs> us by saying like, "Oh, if you like that and are rooting for you know entertaining storylines, what? A, how bad a person does that make you?" No, no, it's not. I don't inter- care. It's, it's the I don't either. But that's what he was trying Hold to on. do. It's the definition of what's entertaining. And that's what's disturbing to me is that that's what you guys find entertaining. Says the guy that wants more fights in hockey. No, I want them to be able to protect themselves. <laughs> but, but you have to have played the game to understand that. But oh, in, 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 this, in this particular case, I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> I've always wanted to say Gloves that. Gloves off. But uh, this, is, this is what I don't understand about you guys. Why you want to see disruption rather than, you know, people coming together to get something done. I want to see great basketball. No, you don't. You want to yeah, see you want to see drama and storylines. Nobody wants to. Yeah, nobody actually, oh, I want to see him become the three best friends anybody's ever seen <laughs> and, and just be magic together. Nobody wants to see that. We all want to see the drama of sport. Okay, kidding? then wait a second. What did, what did we hear from Hans earlier in the show? 
Hans said he loves covering a team where the players seem to enjoy one another and want to come together to accomplish a goal. Yeah, I don't believe him. He didn't either. say he didn't he didn't say oh, I don't I don't I want to cover a team where everybody hates each other and everybody just cares about his own paycheck but, but, and doesn't give a flying rip about it. But why does else. what Hans say? Is, why is what Hans yeah. believes it wants true for what I believe it wants? And is that really what Hans believes it wants? I don't honestly. That's a good point. That's a good question. But I, I'm more, I'm more mean. Why is Hans right and Austin wrong in this situation? I couldn't agree with you more. Well, I mean, because one, one is somebody wants to see something that is uh, beautiful to behold, and and what you guys are wanting is complete destruction. I like comedies, Gordon. I'm yeah, sorry. I like drama. I like storylines. And by the way, we're we're paid to talk about them on the radio. Nobody wants to talk about the. Let's the three... break down the another, a third in a row championship for the Nets. Did you see the beauty of the basketball game that the Brooklyn Nets played last night? My goodness, it was eloquent. No, that's what I loved seeing. That's no. why I loved watching the Golden State Warriors back when they had it all going on. It was a beautiful thing to see. Great. Yeah, and it Terrific. was very very boring. And predictable. It was not boring. It was not boring at all. It was. Are you kidding me? The Golden State Warriors were anything but boring. It was boring in the sense of it didn't matter what the season held. It was going to be them on top at the end. So why bother? It's like it's the same with college football. Why are we bothering? You gotta, if it's just going to be bad. You got well. See, this there is a connection there because you guys were saying how sucky that game was the other night, uh-huh. and I'm sitting there watching. Wow, look at this offense! Look at what Alabama is doing! Look at what Devontae Smith is capable of doing! Had 200 what 215 receiving yards in the first half. I mean, how how can you not enjoy that? I'm not a Bama fan, but I was sitting there watching this guy perform on a field and, and doing remarkable things. I'm sure his family was happy for him. I'm not I mean, related what do you to want Devontae him to do? Smith. Not just hurt his hand? You want him to break a leg? What, what no, I want thing? them to lose. I didn't say I want them to have financial and personal ruin. I want them to lose. You want, you want, you, <laughs> and a lot. I didn't say I hope I just, a bus runs them over twice. Look, I'm as critical as the next guy, and mm. I point things out, and I've made a, a career by doing that. And but 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 to be rooting for this kind of... Uh, mess is 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 a little bit troubling to me because, Jake, you sound like you're relishing it, and I I, I just I don't know. I guess we can all be wired our own way. I am, well, and you can think I'm a bad person. I don't care. I, I don't think you're a bad person. That doesn't I, make any I difference do. to me. That's fine. <laughs> what does that say about you? You want drama and storylines? I mean, God, are you are you just a terrible person? What does it say no, about you, Gordon, that you lie to us about crop dusting and, and germicides? And well, first enjoying of all, you beautiful know, basketball. You know that I was telling the truth when I said that because I had a conversation with you off the air. So off I know the air doesn't you... exist. <laughs> this is a show. <laughs> oh, did I just look at the fourth wall or yeah, whatever they yeah, call that? Yeah. Mr. I've made a career out of this, pulling back the curtain a little. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Liar. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Man, the crew was a good choice today. I feel like it's bringing, bringing me energy. <laughs> what does it say about your life that you like Motley Crue? I know. I must be a terrible person. i got to re-examine what's going on. <laughs> I still am struggling reading your, your grunts. I just don't. I don't know yet. What was that grunt communicating? That, that grunt was just kind of, this is... A silly situation that you put us in. <laughs> because yeah, I, because you, you called us bad people for rooting for it to fail in Brooklyn. I didn't call you bad people. You said, what I does said, that say about you? Well, I, I, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. <laughs> All right. Let's... Mm. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's talk about the Jazz. We spent a a lion's share of the show yesterday uh, talking about Boyan Bogdanovich and uh, him needing to be better. He certainly was better last night, Gordon, but uh, Uh I know you think he should be healed uh, all the way and that injury wouldn't be an issue with him. But what would you make of his his new colorful tape? (laughs) Is he making a fashion statement or is that uh, helping him with an injury? I don't think it was a fashion statement. I mean, it was just sort of a blue streak. But you told me he was perfectly healthy yesterday. I did? Yes, you and Austin looked up a timeline, and you said he should be healthy. Well, yeah, but I said if he's on the court, then he should be evaluated as though he is healthy because he has proclaimed himself ready to go. And I'm not saying you can't factor in any kind of thing with an injury, but... Uh, you know, if you're Jerry Sloan used to say, "Hey, if you're if you're ready to go, you're ready to go." You know, you're out there on the court. Don't make it any kind of excuse. So, that's that's what I meant by that. And Boyan came through and played the way you would expect Boyan to play. Uh, I know, but we examined his shooting percentage, and and the big takeaway was that's got to get better. That's okay. right, and it, did, and it did get better overnight. Yeah, I guess. All I know is he didn't go three of eleven. Right. I I think that injury is having an effect on Boyan, and he, you know what, he got it hit last night, and he fell on it again, and still uh, jumped up, and and I think he made both free throws, although he did miss. No, yeah, he made both of them because he went four for four uh, from the I've line. Been th- I've been wondering about that, Jake, because if the wrist is hurt the way it obviously was, had surgery, is it? Because it, typically, when you think that, you think, how can you shoot at all? You know what I mean? Uh, if your if your wrist is is really that hurt in such a significant way, then how does he have the good nights that he has? You think that all of his nights would be bad? 
But apparently it's just some of his nights that are bad because he was not bad last night. I think it's affecting the way that he plays. You know, we, we often forget, we just assume the players, and I'm saying collectively we, you know, I'm certainly guilty of this too. We just assume players, you know, like Jerry says, if you're out there, you're 100%. And, you know, I, I get what the Coach Sloan was getting at, and I know he demanded that from his players, and it probably resulted in John and Carl with a lot of gritty performances. But the truth is, is that players play with – you know, dings and, and not injuries, but, but play hurt all the time. And as he comes back from this, uh, you know, surgery and injury, Gordon, the truth is he's going to have to figure out a way to play with it. And he's playing because he is a tough guy. But I do believe that that's leading to the inconsistency that we see because he's obviously capable of, of getting hot and making some shots, uh, as he proved last night. And he's also had other big games. You know, the first game he played with the wrist, was that the Clippers, I want to say? And he played well against the Bucks, But it it's just, you know, it's going to be hurting him more some nights than others, and some nights it's going to bother him more, and some nights he's going to score in spite of it. But I think, you know, it if he's going to be a key component of this team, he has to be playing when he can, and you have to continue to give him the opportunities. I believe that, even on the slow nights, because his role on the team is that important. Well, maybe you answered the question that I was forming in my mind as you were talking there, because maybe it does hurt more on certain nights. But it, ordinarily, you wouldn't think an injury would would make would, it, you would think it would have a lot of different effects on a player. But inconsistency is that really what you? Again, I go back to if it's hurting you, then how in the world do you conjure the good nights? I you know does it. Suddenly it doesn't feel too bad one night, and the next night it does feel bad, and then the next night it doesn't feel bad, and then the next night it does feel bad? Well, I would guess it, it hurts worse some nights than the others, but I would, I would guess it just is leading toward the inconsistency. It probably hurts all the time, but he's still uh-huh. able to get it going. It just makes it more difficult. Yeah, okay. I, I, I accept that. I'm glad you said that because I was sitting there going, okay, how, how does that work? Because most inj- when I see guys get injured, usually whatever sport you're talking about, they can't perform. You know, you can't make the – either you can make the cut or you can't make the cut on the football field if you're toting the football. Uh, in basketball, it seems like these are physical, uh, you know, talents that have been honed and you can either do it or you can't do it. It's it's uh, maybe that pain factor is it. I, I, I maybe that has to be it. I don't know what else it could be other than an excuse. And I I don't necessarily want to look at it that way because I think Boyan is a tough guy. Well, some people say excuse. Some people say reason. I mean, yeah. And, and you know, the logic isn't always applicable. Like well, I I remember this uh, Gordon to this day. My best little league game ever. It was in the Little League All-Stars. I was probably in sixth grade and uh, had just an incredible game. And I was so sick to my stomach. I had the flu or something that I threw up while playing first base. And I would, yeah. <laughs> like right there in the base path, kick dirt over. It was like, you didn't see anything. And uh, I had some other issues, uh, you, you know, throwing up outside of the day. Anyway, the point being, I was in rough shape. Played this amazing game. Now, I, my dad didn't pull me aside the next game when I went over for 4 and said, hey, son, you know, if you can do that with the flu – you should be able to do that when you're perfectly healthy. You know, you never That's know. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Uh, no, he'll top it. I, I got it. But I well, think you get the saying, point. What, I'm getting what, it. But what, what you're saying is that 
uh, you would go out and play well on the day that you didn't have the flu, and then on the night that you're suffering from the flu, you didn't play well. That makes more sense. But I'm telling you the opposite. When I had the flu, I played incredible. I know. I know. I I heard what you said. I Okay. I mean— you just never, guess, you just well, never know. But but I could have easily had a terrible game and said, "Well, I was sick to my stomach the whole time." I, I'm just saying, like it's not. I don't think it's that applicable night to night. I think it probably bothers him all, all the way through. But some nights it has more of an effect than others because of other factors: the shots he's getting, the rhythm. You know, that one night when he had the brace on against the Clippers, he we we all credited his big night because he had a layup on the first possession and got it rolling early. You know, I think there are other things <laughs> yeah. that happen. But when you're hurting, I think it makes you more susceptible to some of those uh, peripheral things, to the okay. negative. I got you. I understand. But if I'm the uh, Jazz, yeah. I'm betting on Boyan. I'm saying if you can go, go. And if you have a bad night, so be it. But we're a better team with you on the floor. I, so what do you think, and I know you can't answer this, you're not a doctor and you're not on the inside with what's going on with the Jazz as far as their health is concerned, but I want, does he need to rest it? Do you think if he if he took two weeks off and let it heal that he would be able to be more consistent? Like you said, I have no idea. Or or do you think it's better just to continue on and, and while well, you get what you get? It's probably I, well. I don't know, but I'm I'm guessing he's not doing more damage to it, or they wouldn't have him play. Right. You know, probably a lot of I, this. I'm just is, wondering. Okay, you've already had the surgery. You had you had the, the the time off, and like Austin reported to us yesterday, that injury usually takes three to six months to heal up completely. It's been more than that now. So, what is it that is causing the continued problem, and can it be solved with rest? Should it be solved with rest, or is it just a matter of hey, get used to it because that's what that's the cards you're dealt? Um, yeah, I I don't know the answer to that. I do know that stuff lingers. I mean, just because uh, WebMD says you should be good to go in six months doesn't always make <laughs> it so. And and I'm I'm bringing up this example, uh, Gordon. Uh, you know, uh, when when you uh, when you uh, put your body through a little bit of a mess this summer. Uh, you know, banged up a couple of uh, a couple of things. You know, I would guess you probably had some lingering stuff there for a minute. You know, sometimes yeah, stuff do. just still do. Yeah, right. Still do. I think sometimes some stuff just lingers, and it doesn't mean Gordon that you're not you know hitting the the exercise bike once in a while, but it probably makes it a little different, right? You're, so you're throw, trying what you're to saying is it just throws things off kilter just a little bit. I yeah. think so. That, I mean, that's my theory anyway. And, and I don't think he's wearing that tape to make a fashion statement. I think he's trying to figure out a way to best manage his situation and produce for the team. Hmm. Well, I think he is motivated to play. He wants to play. That's why he played most of last season. Yeah. And you know, right. he, he demonstrated that he really wants to contribute. He's so important to the Jazz, though, what they're trying to do overall. Because you guys make fun of me because I say, hey, it's really important for the Jazz to make shots. Well, he's a huge part of that because he opens things up for everybody else. And if teams know that he's 2 of 11 and he's not really feeling it, then they can they can do things differently with the Jazz than they normally would. And the result is different. He is such a critical part. That's why it was amazing that the Jazz were able to go seven games with the Nuggets without him last year in the bubble. Yeah. I'll tell you what, his, I think his reputation is still very much drawing defenses. Let's do a little homework assignment, honestly. I, I'd be curious. Let's, you know, next couple of Jazz games, let's really pay attention to if teams are leaving Boyan Bogdanovich. Because I yeah. would guess they're not. Okay. If that's the case, then his 
then he's not shooting as well, especially with how good the Jazz have been rebounding. Maybe that's not as painful as I was making it out to be. Mm. Well, I mean, it, you know, if Reggie Miller is 0 for 7, you're probably still guarding him on number 8. And not that Boyan <laughs> is, is, is Reggie Miller, don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, he's, he's earned that kind of attention uh, throughout his career in the NBA. Yeah, and I'm not even ripping uh, Boyan. I hope that this this, this discussion doesn't come. Oh, I don't think it way. has. No, I don't think it has. Because I think he is a tough guy, and that's something to admire. He wants to play, and he he may not be a hundred percent there, but he he wants to contribute, and he does on some nights more than others. He's not a great defender, and I think everybody knows that. And me saying it isn't making fun of him or anything. It's just that his value to the Jazz happens at the other end of the court. And, and, and if it isn't happening at that end of the court, then then it's, uh, it, it's a high price to, for the Jazz to pay. Coming up next, the Not Sports Report. Stay tuned. Lock at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David Locke will join the show at the top 5 o'clock hour. But right now it's time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to the Volunteer State. Tennessee? Indeed. Now... You guys will probably like this story because of your what you said earlier about hoping for a mess with the Nets and, and that that's what's entertaining to you. But get a load of this. This is a, a le- this is a contest that a law firm, uh, an attorney in uh, Tennessee, is uh, putting on. All right, uh, press release, uh, January eleventh, twenty twenty. Here at the Powers Law Firm, we recognize this terrible year we have all endured. The COVID-19 pandemic, a divided nation, and economic hardship. That's why we're borrowing this idea from an attorney out of Murfreesboro, and we will be giving away a divorce to the winner of this contest on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day to some is a reminder that they are trapped in a marriage that they cannot afford to get out of or for some other reason. The terms and conditions are as follows. And then it gives those terms and it has this later on. It says this contest is limited to residents of the state of Tennessee. So congratulations to the winner. You're going to be able to get divorced. Wait, I have two questions for you. One, why isn't this cool? I mean, I think it's awesome, frankly. And two, why would Austin and I enjoy it? Because we enjoy it. Because, because you like to see things explode. You I don't like enjoy watching th- people's marriage fail. I just enjoy watching a basketball team underachieve. You don't see you don't see a big difference there. 
You don't see a really. Yeah, but it's the reason. It's the reason you don't want to see it. It's 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 how you want to see it happen. And you that is you want to see discord. You want to see disagreement. You want to see emotions run amok. Yeah. In in my entertainment. Yeah, and all not all, my real life things. All three wow. of those players will make at least thirty-five million dollars this year. Whereas <laughs> I'm not rooting to see anybody's marriage fail. And by the way, they they are. There's probably people who are stuck in marriages they're not really wild about because of the pandemic. I think this is really cool. Oh, all right. They're, oh, I, they're well, helping I, people. Well, apparently, anyone who would uh, that would uh, be a candidate for this is probably in need of some help. Yes. How do you uh, enter? Uh, how do you explain entering if you enter and lose to the, your significant other? Well, you don't tell them. Uh, yeah, that's part of you have to contestants. Uh, see, this is what the, contestants must agree that it's all right to go ahead and enter it. It says uh, they must submit a story as to why they wish to get divorced to our office. Submissions will be accepted through the close of whatever, blah, 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 with the winner selected on Friday, February 19th. Um uh, so, uh, you know, there is no cause for entry. Uh, so it, it's just a, a situation where there, you have to tell a story and you have to have a good story behind your proposed divorce in order to be to win the contest. My wife just texted me, did you just ask how to enter? <laughs> <laughs> well, one, you don't live in Tennessee. No. Two, you're not interested in this. Can but... Uh, Somebody must be in need. So I, I don't know. I just thought that was that was a noteworthy prize for a contest. Congratulations! You're getting a free divorce. That's a lot of money. I'd be stoked if I were in the market for uh, a I divorce. I don't know. I've never one. I've never done the divorce thing. Is it is, is that expensive? Yeah. I don't know how much. Well, I... hiring an attorney. When is hiring attorney ever cheap? <laughs> also, never done the <laughs> divorce thing. The like it's Disneyland or something. I've never done the Disney but thing. I, huh? I personally don't judge people who do get divorced. If if that's the way you need to go, then so be it. Yeah, I don't judge anybody on this sort of thing. Whatever, Just Matt Schaub. Just us who you would assume would enjoy people getting divorced. <laughs> uh, well, can that, I, was, that, was, that was just a connection to our earlier discussion. Can I, uh, can I get to a quick story? I promise this will be fast, and it is not sports-related. All right. But I found this uh, entertaining. Is this the worst decision you've ever heard made on the first day of a new job? Okay? All right. All right. Uh, Carl Gamby got a job at uh, the Econo Lodge uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. All right? And during that shift, uh, he, he took a little bit of a break, uh, went into a restroom, and uh, injected himself with bath salts and fentanyl. During, this is his what first is, shift uh, as a clerk. Why uh, would he? What does that do to you? Well, I've never taken bath salts or fentanyl, but I make you uh, not sober. Bath salts turn uh, into a zombie. So as he stumbled out of the bathroom, uh, he grabbed a female coworker from behind and kissed her neck. Then he took off his shirt and repeatedly tried to get the woman to kiss him as she yelled for him to get oh away from her. Oh my gosh. So the woman fled First to her car, fled to her car, called 911 and later told police that as she drove away, Gamby yelled, before you leave, I want to show you something. And then uh, that's no, when no, yeah, that's yeah. when he started to. <laughs> anyway, long story short, Gamby was completely naked when the cops arrived a few moments later and uh, his clothes were strewn across the lobby of the motel. 
And uh, you, uh, yeah, they found uh, drug paraphernalia. But if you just got a so new... glad she got away. Oh, very much, one hundred percent. This would be a lot uh, more uh, dark story than it is had she not. But can you imagine getting a new job and thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get some bath salts and some fentanyl going. That'll help me help the uh, the guests here at the Old Econo Lodge. Before I fill out the direct deposit slip, I gotta hit the head. <laughs> I'll get you checked into room 325 in just a minute. I gotta, I'll gotta. i be back here in a sec. I just Day one. I got to go day one. Do we one. get two 15s or a paid 30? I don't know. No reason. No reason. No reason at all. That, that story is wrong on a whole lot of levels, man. Worst decision a whole lot of levels. for the first day uh, employee ever right there. Although he did it before they could issue a drug test on him. Yeah, so. that's true. I mean, when you wouldn't do they wait have to, to pay him for that day? Yeah, I wonder. By law, I think yeah. they do. Yeah. Jeez. Couldn't you wait till after your first shift? <laughs> oh no. man! All right, we'll get to uh, Locke coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. It's the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.